bold and raw perspectives of local politics. Important information which impacts our community, nation, and world. Exposing truth, transparency, and getting to the heart of relevant issues that you just won't see in the clickbait media. And always keeping it real. It's the Michelle Tanner Podcast. But I won't back down. Welcome to the Michelle Tanner Podcast. I've missed y'all. Have you guys missed me? It's been a few weeks. I'm going to uh, blame my buddy over here, uh, who is really the the mastermind behind the operation of this podcast. But he has unfortunately been quite sick. So actually, I'm very grateful that he's feeling better. Grateful that we are back in business here. So I have missed you guys, though, and I'm really, really excited to talk to you guys today about really what I see as the most pressing issue in America right now, because let's face it, if we don't have secure elections, if we can't trust that our vote counts, that we actually have a constitutional republic, what do we really have? So this is a vital issue. And It is not a partisan issue, by the way. Those people who are trying to say this is just some crazy right-wing conspiracy theorist, they need to go back and watch really even the mainstream media from like 2016 to 2018 and see all of the left wing screaming about the need for election integrity. So this is across the board. A lot of polls show even up to 80% of Americans have concerns that their vote does not count. So even if our election system was perfect, if you have 80% of Americans who feel like it's not, we still have a problem. And those of us who are elected officials, we have an obligation to do whatever we can within our legal authority to help restore this transparency. So my guest today, who I'm really excited for you guys all to get to learn from as well, her name is Wendy Godlevsky. Wendy is a statistician. She also is part of an organization called Utahns for Transparency, which is an awesome organization with education regarding election integrity. And I'll let her delve into that here in a minute. But where I really got to know Wendy even more recently, I want to tell you a little (laughs) bit about is my experience this year being on the board of canvassers. So Utah has a law here, which... By the way, I actually don't agree with this law and think that it needs to be changed. But as of right now, state law is that the city council members and mayor are the board of canvassers for our own election, which means three of those council members names were actually on the ballot and they are in charge of then certifying their own election. And then the other two, we obviously have a very biased interest. You know, I endorsed certain candidates. And so to me, it's just not a, there's a little bit of a conflict of interest there, but regardless, that is the way currently until we can get that change state law is. So, and this is how much I'll tell you that they even focus on this board of canvassers position at the city level. I didn't even know I was a member of the board of canvassers until Wendy and her group reached out and said, hey, did you know you are a member of the board of canvassers? And this is what state code said. And I was like, 
wow, okay, this is really good to know because I deeply care about the transparency of our elections and want to, if I'm going to be certifying an election, right, like I have to know and feel totally confident that this election was accurate and secure. And so I began the process of talking with the county and finding out, you know, what I could do. There's a lot of concerns about the machines and wanted to verify if the machines are accurate. And so I was actually able to with some opposition, although not necessarily from the county. I want to give a shout out to Ryan Sullivan. He is our new county clerk auditor, and he has actually been really great to work with. And I was able to spend essentially a full day down there looking at the ballots, uh, doing hand tabulations, comparison to the machines, and really in the end had 100% accuracy with that. Now, I did find one thing that was actually interesting and, and showed how hand counts can actually be beneficial. But before we get more into that, I would love for you guys to get to know Wendy. So Wendy, tell us a little bit about your background and what got you involved in this election integrity mission. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me. So um, I, I attended BYU um, on full academic scholarship. Um, my degree is in statistics, and I just I love your shirt, thought, by the way. Yes, I, I use math my, in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I wore my math shirt today. Um, I attended my first post-election audit last year, and I'm the only member of the public in our entire county who attended all three post-election audits last year. I ran into your dad at the first one, and both of us were. It was our first time. Both of us, we were horrified. There was no counting. It was not an audit by any stretch of the imagination. They weren't counting anything. So if you're going to check to make sure the machine count is accurate, shouldn't you be counting? All they were doing was looking at images. Does this ballot match this image, this photo that the, that the machine took? Right. So they were checking to make sure 1% of them were recorded correctly, but they were doing nothing to make sure they were counted correctly. And I was just in horror. And, you know, I... I complained about it then. And finally, the state agreed. Yay. <laughs> the state, um, December of, of last year, they published this audit. Um, they buried it, though, on page 51. Um, it's, it's just horrific to read, but it says, our post-election audit lacks the ability to validate election results. Wow. Just so our very own audit system yes. that's in place. And I understand there have been some changes at this recent legislative session that are maybe moving in the right direction. Not yet. But, <laughs> so, but well, it hasn't taken effect yet. Yes. Some of them have passed, right, but just not gone into effect. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? So they passed a bill um, in March that said that this, that the state group, the OLAG can do audits, but they specified no standards. They didn't, it doesn't even apply to all the elections. And it, they're, and they didn't do anything in in our September. The state didn't change anything for our September audit. I don't anticipate them changing anything for our November audit. It's just as useless as it's ever been. It's just yeah. a, just did them did it record right right, but it doesn't doesn't check to see whether it was counted correctly. So and that's the big thing. Yes, and when you're talking about viewing the image on the machine versus the actual ballot. So that was actually the one thing that I found in my review of the ballots yes. in the second precinct that I evaluated. 
I couldn't figure out why I had initially had three extra votes for someone. Well, come to find out there was a ballot that was kicked out by the machine um, because it was counted as an overvote because there was a, a smudge mark on it. Right. Which when they then adjudicated it, they looked at the image of the ballot on the actual machine versus the actual ballot and on the machine that smudge mark actually looked dark like it was an intentional vote for someone that if you looked at the physical ballot like I was it was very obvious what the intent of the voter was which is why I counted you know the three votes on there and so and to Ryan Sullivan's credit he was great you know as soon as we found that he went through all of the adjudicated ballots made sure there weren't any other discrepancies which to my knowledge there was not Uh, But it just shows how, you know, we all should be concerned and invested with wanting to do everything we can within our ability to work together on this. We're not, I don't think any of us are out to like get anyone. We all just, I think at the end of the day, want the same thing, safe, secure elections. Secure elections, restored trust. We're not accusing anybody of anything. We're just saying we're vulnerable. We're looking at other counties, other states that have issues and we're saying, "Whoa, well our audits aren't checking any of this. So we need to we need to we need to take preventative measures. We're vulnerable in several areas in our county and we need to put preventative measures in place to correct for that." And you were a rock star. Uh-huh. Um Thanks to you letting me know that I was on the board of canvassers. None of them knew. None of them knew. And and we had a lot of city council people show up. All in all, we ended up, um, the the citizens ended up watching them and and checking, you know, citizens were there too doing the counts. Um, We had not only, it was landmark. This was a landmark election for the whole state, thanks to you and the others who showed up from their board of canvassers. This is the first time in over 15 years in Utah that anyone has done anything to check on the machine count accuracy. And and you guys managed to hand count seven precincts out of 130, so that's almost 5%. And the other landmark thing that it did was it it disproved all the myths you hear about hand counting. I mean, you have to wonder, why does most of Europe hand count their elections? Cybersecurity experts for years have been saying, you just they're not machines are not securable for elections. Yeah. And and so most all you know, all these other first world nations, Canada, Israel, I could go on and on, have switched back to hand counted elections. Why hasn't America? Because we are believing the lie that hand counts take too long and that they cost too much and that they are not accurate. And you disprove that. You and, and everyone else, um, we had as you know, as I did the statistics. And by the way, all of these all this data is available on our website, Southern Utahns for transparency.com, click election integrity, and you can find all this data. But um, you guys did seven full precincts, hand counted with 100% accuracy in an average of only one hour and 11 minutes per precinct. And not only was it it 100% accuracy, but you you found um, an error that the machine made by virtue of its photo showing you know the photo the machine took right. had that darker thing that you de- you described, which which caused one person to lose their vote until yeah. you caught it. And yeah. that's a big deal. A big I deal. mean, someone might say, "Oh, that was just one ballot, three votes. Who cares?" But if that's my ballot, I want my vote to count. Every single American yes. citizen's legal vote should count. Yes. And not o- so not only that, but if you translate those results to the whole election, 
if, if we had just had four election judge volunteers per precinct, because that's the way we used to do it in Utah and the rest of the nation, rest of America for over 200 years, we just, I, I've been, I've hosted caucuses. We've always used to ask for volunteers for election judges. With just four of those volunteers per precinct, our county's entire 2023, September 2023 primary could have been hand counted in about an hour. Wow. Isn't that crazy? You mean we wouldn't have had to wait like almost two weeks for a result? Well, you still have to wait <laughs> know, the for the yeah. curing and the mail-in from the military and other, yeah, other things. But yes, so we're just begging people to get the word out that, that hand counts are securable, verified, you know, unlike machine counts, they, they're secure, they can be verified, they build public trust, they're accurate you get same day results and you save money. Like I've, and I've even run the costs too. It's definitely a huge saving. And so, so we're urging people to call their elected officials, everything from state legislators to county clerk to county commissioners, urge them to return to hand counts like the RNC recommended August 25th. I thought 25th. this was huge. Do you so want to announce RNC, it? RNC, well, I want you to read whatever portion you wanted to, but for me, this was so interesting that the RNC, so the Republican National Committee came out with this because even in our state elections with um, the Republican Party, you know, the special election that we just had, it's electronic. And I'm thinking, shouldn't we be setting the example, the example if we clearly have an issue with trusting the machines, yet our own party is going to use the machines. So I loved that they came out with this resolution and I'll let yes. you talk about that. So August 25th, and by the way, Southern Utahns for Transparency.com is nonpartisan because we believe the right and the left and the independents and unaffiliateds all want secure elections. Absolutely. And, and data shows pulling Rasmussen polls, you can see that on our website too. 50% of Democrats in the 2020 election believed that officials were ignoring evidence of widespread fraud. 50% of Democrats, wow. 79% of Republicans. And so this is a bipartisan issue, right? So having said that, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say that the RNC is a Republican organization, but they did unanimously pass this um, August 25th. And it says, Whereas the grassroots activists of the Republican Party have discovered and made it abundantly clear that there are recognized problems with electronic election procedures, you know, and on and on and on, resolved, the RNC supports the rights of counties and states that are willing and able to competently and efficiently implement voting procedures that do not require the use of machines and those that implement hand counting procedures that are fully auditable. And lots of other great paragraphs, too. You can find the whole thing on our website, southernutahsfortransparency.com. But that, you know, That's it's so time awesome. for at least the Republican Party to start making these changes. And in this county, our clerk and our commissioners and all our state legislators are Republicans. And so we we are urging them to follow this recommendation to yeah. return to hand count elections. And we've just shown how accurate it is, how quickly it can be done and how inexpensive it is. And it, you know, I, I feel like they want to um, just stick with like strengthened audits. But the thing is, you know, even if as a statistician, I can tell you, you could set a confidence limit. You could say, oh, I want to be 99% confident with a two plus or minus 2% margin of error. And it's going to take I could give you the numbers for doing an audit like that. It's going to be huge, especially where now that they they bulk our our ballots in precincts and to get a random selection, you would have to 
it, it would just be a, it would take so many hours to do a truly statistically significant randomized sample of all the ballots. And, and even then, you just end up with a percentage. Oh, well, we're 99 percent confident, which is one out of 100 chance that maybe somebody else won. Yeah. Um, especially in really close races, you know, and we and our county has seen some races within within 10 votes. Oh, yeah. Very and close. just just this last September, we had um Lots of our city council races within one point, mm -hmm. right? The, the the drop off between the sixth place and the seventh place, the sixth place winner and the seventh place loser right. was less than 1%. Yeah. 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 Four votes two years ago when I ran, uh, that person who got through in the fourth position past the primary, she won by four votes wow. in a municipal race. And so... It is. Every single vote has to be accurate. It has to count. And I love the fact that you're bringing up the fact of it being easy to audit because that's the issue for me is well, people auditing, will say auditing. What I'm saying is that an audit, if you if you refuse to do hand counts and think that you can achieve public confidence in elections through auditing, I'm just saying that's really hard because we right. only did we only did seven precincts and that and because it wasn't randomized, it doesn't tell us anything about the other hundred precincts. Right. You know, it only says those seven precincts were accurate. Right. Statistically, you can't say it, you can't infer your results to the other precincts at all. And yeah. in fact, you know, when you're talking about high value elections like U.S. Congress, U.S. Senate, which we've got coming up this November and then next spring, there are bad actors outside our county, outside our state, outside our nation who have a definite interest in manipulating those elections. And um, I just, the thought left my mind. <laughs> well, but that's been the interesting thing for me, you know, since 2020, because I think so many of us, the 2020 election was the big wake up call of, um, hello, I'm not a statistician or expert over here, but I know that this vertical spike after they stopped counting votes for three hours, which never happens, uh, you know, my antennas are going off all over the place, like something's not right here. And then, of course, the more you research it way prior to 2020. I mean, I think I listened to a a presentation that was back from 2013 of a cybersecurity expert talking about how they actually have hacked election systems and Clint the electronic Curtis, machines. Clint Curtis did it, testified before Congress in 2000. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this has been well known and documented for a long time. And then you couple that also with mail-in ballots. Now, who thought it was a good idea to trust our vote to the U.S. Postal Service? I mean, yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah. That's what we're in. Open need, up the gate for fraud. We In Washington County, I'm not saying we have fraud in Washington County. All I've ever said is that we are vulnerable. Right. And and we are vulnerable through two huge avenues, machine, you know, software errors and digital manipulation through the machine counts. And second, ballot stuffing because of things like vote by mail. And and we get our, our ballots printed from KH printers in Seattle. They truck them to the post office in Salt Lake City before they're mailed out to us. So back to the question I forgot earlier, you know, those bad actors at the at the state nation level, they they know how to get around you know, the, the kind of audit that you and I worked on last week is awesome, but it doesn't it doesn't prevent they know how to defeat you know, a 3% audit that's just precinct, that's not randomized. Right. And even in the counties that, that have done a randomized one they, and they find an error, they just say, oh, well, 
you know, actually Michelle Longspear should have won, even though she came in last place. This was a Democrat county commission race in, in DeKalb County, Georgia. Uh, actually, she should have won, but, you know, it was just it was just a, a one-time fluke of the machine. You know, so, you know, they just, mm-hmm. whatever you find, they just, they just say, oh, well, such and such. Anyway, you can find on our website a list of very few counties have done hand count audits, a full hand count audit. Um, but of the of those that have, m- most of them have found errors, and I and you've got a list of seventy counties on our website. Wow, that have that have found major errors. We're talking, you know, twenty percent, twenty five percent. Wow, and even flipping races and l- little races, school board races, yeah, county commissioner races. It, there's a list of them on the website, and um, anyway. Well, one thing with the machines is a lot of times I will hear the opposition say, well, but our machines aren't hooked up to the Internet. There's no possible way they could be manipulated. But what's so interesting about, say, Mesa County, Tina Peters and that whole situation there is those machines also, to my understanding, weren't hooked up to the Internet, but they don't yet need to be. there was still manipulation that yeah. was shown with that. Do you want to talk maybe a little bit about not obviously our area. We, like you said, it's vulnerable, but we're not saying that there's fraud in our particular area, but there has been identified actual fraud in many other areas, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Colorado. Do you want to talk about maybe some of those other examples as well? Um, Well, there's a lot on our website. We use 27 of 29 counties in Utah use ESNS. So on, if you go on our website, so on utahsfortransparency.com, click election integrity, and you can see, click on the ESNS. Are there problems with ESNS? And you can find a list of problems they've had in other counties with ESNS. You know, like Antrim County, Michigan, um, they they found modems in in the ESNS machine. The so explain for those of us who aren't as educated as you are, explain ESNS. Like what exactly is ESNS? Is that the software that we're using? Is that like a, a statewide? So most people are familiar with Dominion machines. Right. Salt Lake County uses Dominion. But the majority machine used across America is ESNS. Okay. So it's the actual brand yes. of the machine. Yep. Okay. Yep. And our county uses the DS200s. And the DS four fifties, and they want to buy a new one, and we sure hope they won't. I, I, they, they are expensive. These machines are really expensive, and the maintenance and the time you dump into them. Where are they manufactured? Do you know where they're actually uh, made at? Are they made in America? I can tell you that their parts, their parts are not made in America, okay. and often their parts aren't assembled in America. In fact, Arizona legislature passed a bill last session, ten thirty seven, I think it was. That said, um, we you cannot use a machine that doesn't have all its parts made and assembled in America, which eliminates every single voting machine in use right now. Wow. Yeah. And the other scary thing is that you cannot find out that the ESNS will not disclose who who who's on their board. It's um, so. Wow. You don't even- so we are purchasing machines, trusting our elections to machines from a company that we're not even allowed to know who's on the board of this company. Yeah. Wow. And you know who exposed that was like, you know, all the mainstream media in 2016 through 2018. You so can, this was you when the Democrats on, were screaming about election yeah, integrity. You can look on ABC, NBC footage of, of them l- doing little specials about 
how horrible it is that we don't know what countries, you know, are these even Americans that are, that are running these companies? Interesting. And, and, it can, and they did all these big mainstream media sources were doing FOIA requests trying to figure it out. And, and they couldn't, they couldn't find out. Yeah. And so they were screaming about it all the way up until 20, well, up until October of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden if, you, if you're in. asking questions, now you're an election denier. Or you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. Yep, yes. Yep. Or you're a, what was it? A, a threat to democracy. I think one thing that our governor Cox and our LG Deidre Henderson have not done Utahns any favors by is coming out and essentially making those of us who are asking legitimate questions who, you know, can obviously see, you know, what's going on right in front of our eyes, yet they're still treating us like we are, yeah, this threat to democracy and, you know, the lack of transparency only furthers the red flags in people's mind. Whereas if they just came out and acted like they didn't have anything to hide and say, yeah, let's let's look at the cast vote record. They do it in other states. I mean, yes. why do you think it's oh, so wow. secretive here in Utah? Because to wow. me, even if they're on the up and up and I'm not trying to accuse them of not being. But what I am saying is they are not doing Utahns any favors in restoring transparency when they are just treating the vast majority of the population who has concerns like we're crazy yes. and being more and more secretive about it. Why do you think that is? I don't know. We're just too, Utahns are just too trusting and we're, we haven't been paying attention, but it's now up to almost half of our voter rolls are completely hidden from the public. That's unheard of in any other state. Like wow. every, every expert I bring into, into Utah says they're just shocked. You know, normally you only withhold for people who are on the witness protection program mm -hmm. or like have a court order for domestic violence. But we've got almost 50 percent of Utah voters withheld from the public, completely unverifiable. Wow. And we've got a lot of weird things like you mentioned. We, we're one of the few states that has not released cast. Cast records were created. If you look at the NIST standards, they were created for public review. And we're one of the only states that hasn't released a single cast vote record. Wow. And and they and Utah, the court case said that the board of canvassers are the only ones who are allowed to look at it. But I understand. And, you know, they gave you a glimpse at it. But right. Yeah. But, so I was able to look at it. But they couldn't day, bring in. A, the, I wanted to bring in a statistician to yes. look at it, but I was not allowed to. But I mean, yeah, looking at it, it didn't really give me any not being a trained. Right. You don't know what to look uh, for. Yeah. There wasn't, yeah, it wasn't really helpful at all. And they weren't as welcoming the next day with another board of canvas oh, member asked to see it. And, and they put a lot of restrictions on you guys. They wouldn't let you bring in even lined paper. You had to spend your first, uh, when hurricane city council came in, they had to spend their first 15 minutes creating lined paper to do their tallies on because they weren't even allowed to have any tally sheets, not even lined paper. That's what I'm saying about the pushback. No it's bizarre. Yeah. And I'm not, I actually, I've been, you know, shouting praises to Ryan Sullivan Me over too. at the county and Adam Agreed. Snow yes. has been very conducive to, you know, helping with this. I think the pushback's coming from the LG. I think it's coming from the top, which again, why? Why are they so secretive, even with they the board actually, of canvassers? They actually sent down two people from the state LG's office. Not the, not the day you were there, but um, 
Well, what there was one there the day you were there was. The, I don't think so. I, I don't think there was okay, anyone from so the LG. I went to four. The city, <laughs> four these, so. the city insisted that someone from the oh, city go with me because gotcha. heaven forbid me, you know, as a, a concerned citizen or a representative of the city, right. go and evaluate ballots and try to be an educated member of the board right. of canvassers. Right? Heaven forbid we yes. have to, you know, make sure we send someone else with her to to make sure she's on her best behavior. In fact. When I got home that day, my husband said, now, how was it? And I said, well, you know, when you're in grade school and you're kind of the problem child of the class Aww. and you've got a teacher who really doesn't like kids and they're standing over you with the ruler. Like if you make any wrong move, they're just going to smack you. That's that's how it felt, which is unfortunate. Well, I think um I don't remember which day it is because it's all a blur to me now because I went to four of them. But they they ultimately sent down two people from Salt Lake. From the states, from and, the LG's office. Yes. And um, but I think at the end of the at the end of it, you know, once it was all said and done, that everyone was like, wow, that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it I, was a great experience yes, overall. It really was. Yes. Yeah. I went away thinking, hooray, this is a landmark day for Utah. Finally, we have some proof that the machines yeah. don't have a software error problem or or anything. You know, it was just we've got we have some evidence that seven of 130 precincts were on the mark. Yes. And it was a landmark day. And I and I feel like perhaps maybe even the, the people from the LG's office maybe took some notes. I, I, would hope. I sure hope so. We, because people I just got to contact their officials. We just yeah. got to keep pressing because this is just the start. You know, this is, this is how it should have been all along. And, and since, and since we, we just can't dump the time and money into a, a real audit the way it should be done, we ought to just follow most of Europe's lead and go back to hand counted elections. I, and I hope none of this conversation we've had makes anybody any less likely to vote. <laughs> You know, um, just if you stop voting, it makes fraud even even easier. That's who they target a lot of times. The less active voters, the less active voters, because they know it's a lot more difficult if they know I vote in every election. If they're going to duplicate my vote. Well, I'm going to know that when I go into vote and they don't let me vote. Right. Yes. So that's that's a key point. In fact, I was at an event the other day and. You know, that's what when I hear elected officials say that nobody cares about election integrity, I'm just my mind is blown because I've been to a lot of campaign events recently. And that is the number one issue that residents are concerned about that they're bringing up. They want to know that their vote counts. In fact, one gentleman at our event just the other night stood up and said, well, I don't even motivate me to vote. I don't even think my vote's going to count. Why would I go out and waste my time and vote? And to your point, though, is that is who they target when it comes to fraud. And also, I think it's easier to cheat when the margins are less versus if there's a landslide victory. I think it does make it harder to cheat, make it harder to, you know, make up the number of ballots, which maybe I'm thinking of that wrong, but that's just the way my logical mind is thinking that if you have this landslide, so it does matter, but we still have to do our part. And the only time we actually lose is when we give up. So we cannot give up. So what would you say, Wendy, to, I mean, a lot of it, I think is going to be going to your website, getting educated. But aside from that, for the average American who witnessed 
what happened in 2020. They know something and wasn't 2022 right. And, and 2022. 2018. And even, I was going to say, and even before that. Yep. Um, but I think that 2020 is like the big wake up call one for a lot of people. And I think a lot of us, though, lack the the know-how of how to handle what it. do we do about it? Like it feels so big, like it's out of our control, like there's nothing we can actually do, which obviously I don't agree with, but to the average person out there who maybe feels that way, what would be your advice of where do they start other than educating, which a lot of that education is great on your website. Where would also, would they go from there? So on Southern Utah's for transparency.com, we have a take action tab. You can oh, click awesome. and it's got lists of ideas that you can do. Number one being our online petition. It's uh, it it covers four items, you know, hand counts and and ways to deal with ballot stuffing and also public comment, which is another one of our tenants on our website um, and public access. Um, so they can they can fill out that petition and um, they can encourage others to do it. And there's also uh, we've listed all the email addresses of people they should contact. We encourage them to share that online petition with their neighbors and other people. Um, and there's. Well, there's a list of like 10 things that, that anybody could do on that website. Um, but I would say um, I look at, so over 100 counties in America have transitioned, started to transition back to hand-counted elections. Wow. And um, I look at counties that are bigger than ours, like Shasta County, California. How did they, how did they, how did they start to make that transition? Their county commissioners voted to return to hand-counting after their county commission room was packed for months. Yeah. And that's what it's going to take. We've we've got to get and that's one of the things on our website to show up to our county commission meetings. I would um I would urge every they're the, they're the first and third Tuesday of every month um at 3:30 p.m. um starting October 17th. The the one the one coming up the first Tuesday in October is at 4 p.m., but then they're going to switch it to 3:30. Um, for October 17th. So that's in the new county building, top floor of the, of the county building, the new one downtown. We, if, if we want to get, to get what Shasta County got, we've got to pack that room for months. We've just got to, it's, it's just a matter of pressure and education, like letting, letting your officials know how accurate this hand count was. Share this, you know, this, all this data is on our website, the hand count success data. That where we had a hundred percent accuracy in an average of one hour eleven minutes per precinct. Wow. That's all the data is on the website. So start getting the word out and yeah. and um, something you you are so good about as well when it comes to you know you're talking about the importance of showing up to the meetings, educating. You are so good at presenting things in such a logical, respectful way. I think where some kind of lose the momentum that we can gain on our side is if they are just yelling at their representatives or not to yes. say that we can't get passionate because we care. This is a very passionate issue, but not crossing the line into making threats or just name calling because it's human nature. Once that happens, we all go on the defense and we are, our listening ears are no longer on and yes. we need the listening ears to be on. We need to be collaborating and coming together for what I think really is the common goal minus the few bad actors that might be out there, which I like to think are not here in our local county. I want to think that we all have that same 
common goal and interest here. So I appreciate that about you, that you are, thank you. You present it in such an awesome way. And you also to me are proof that one person can make such a huge impact. That's something I always stress to my children. What I try to stress really (laughs) anytime I have the opportunity to, to talk to anyone is we are all born at this time in history for such a divine purpose. And the opposition would want nothing more for us just to get overwhelmed and give up and feel like, oh, I'm just one person. I can't do anything. But absolutely we can. And we all have our different areas that we're passionate about for a reason. Like there's a reason that you are passionate about election integrity. We can't all be everywhere at once. And that's what I really, really appreciate about what you've done is it's also an area I'm passionate about, but I'm also so focused on, you know, X, Y, and Z over here. And so we need people like you who will get us organized, who will put the resources out there in one place. You know, I love your website. I love that you have it all laid out there, even to the extent of how to take action. So there's no excuses for the rest of us out there. You've paved the way. We absolutely can make a difference. And I would say to everyone, you know, whatever, whatever your issue is, you know, there's lots of issues to, to be fighting for taxes, you know, wh- however you feel about this issue or that issue, I could, I could list, a t- you know, right. dozens and candidates, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time pushing candidates, but I would beg, I would beg all of you. I'm talking to it, <laughs> the audience now, um, whatever, whatever amount of time in a week that you have, to spend on fixing our country, I beg you to spend at least 90% of that time fighting for secure elections because none of those issues have a chance and none of the candidates you're pushing have a chance until our elections are fair and secure. And um, I feel really strongly about that. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't have the time to fight all the battles I'd like to be fighting. I'm focused on hand counting, but I need somebody to focus on, on getting us back to primarily in-person voting. I mean, you look at the turnout, they say they claim vote by mail increases turnout. We had 19%. The nonpartisan ballots had 19% turnout last week. Wow. 19%. Vote by mail, I can, and I can show you plenty more stats in our county. Vote by mail does not increase turnout. And, um, and do we really care about convenience more than we care about accuracy? Right. No, we right. shouldn't anyway. So we need, we need absentee ballots for the military and, and, you know, a few other hardship cases. But um, I need other people to be focused on talking to legislators about getting us back to in-person voting, even if it's just a bill that gets it to, at the county level. Let the counties decide. Right. Because I'm focusing all my efforts on on the machine vulnerabilities, but somebody else needs to be focused on the ballot stuffing vulnerabilities, which yes. were created by vote by mail. And I don't have the time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. We uh, There's only, only so much time in a day, which is why this yes. has to be a collaborative effort. So state legislators, if you're watching this right now, and we actually have a ton of amazing, especially our Southern Utah delegation. Um, yeah, I would love to collaborate with any state legislator who is willing to take this on. And there, like we mentioned earlier, there have been some steps in the right direction, I think in this last legislative session, but there's still so, so much work to be done. And Thanks to people like you, I know we are going to keep moving in that direction, but we all need to definitely come together. And I will tell you, 
me being on the side now as an elected representative, it does make a difference when I am hearing from residents what their concerns are. It does matter. Your voice absolutely matters. So phone calls, emails, let your representatives know this is important to you. So we are almost out of time, down to about 30 seconds. Wendy, any closing thoughts for us? You've been awesome. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on. I would just urge people to write down this number because um, we need hand count volunteers and we need people to be uh, aware. You know, when if an alert comes up, I need to be able to notify people. So if you would text the word integrity to this phone number and you can get on our alert list, 209 657 3601. That's 209-657-3601. Text integrity to that number and then you can get on our alert list. Awesome. Thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you all for watching. Of the Michelle Tanner podcast. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share. And always remember to keep exposing truth. But I won't back down. No, I won't back down. This has been a production from a podcast studio.